The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of H2O. Um... A slight little bit of a milestone because this is episode 125. That's right. And we have survived. Well, yes. At, yes at, at, at the point of our recording, we are so far, we are currently alive. <laughs> the, night is, the night is still young. The night is young. <laughs> the week is young. Um, we didn't turn our lights on. Hmm. It's very dark back there. We did not turn our lights on. And given the fact that this is video sometimes... People should see yeah, should. our lights, so we'll turn the lights on. That works. All right. So much better. Those of you who are just listening, you missed it. <laughs> it was very dramatic, and it's a shame. You should have watched the video. I, you know, we should we should <laughs> we should put some special effects or something in. So when the lights come on, they're <laughs> pow, there. You go. Right. So fireworks. Lens flare. So, lens. Yeah. Lens flare. <laughs> they're not using it on Star Trek anymore. I guess it's free. It's I know. It's available I now. Know. Well, and, and and did you notice that um, our opener, when I've got the logo, I positioned the logo to yeah. match mm-hmm. what's behind us. So I'm trying to be clever, clever, clever. So uh-huh. um, reports from the set of All Creatures Here Below, mm-hmm. which is the movie that's being shot here in Kansas City that right. Karen Gillan is in. Yes. Uh, word has gotten back to me that she's very nice. She's very, very nice not, to, to, not to surprising. work with. So, um, yeah. So that's – I'm not going to get an interview, I don't think. I haven't no. heard back from the reps. Yeah, but, yeah, but, hey, you yeah, asked. I asked. You did. And that's I what went we through the proper do. channels. Did, I didn't yeah. just show up and right. say, hey, Karen, how can you – no, no. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. No. 125 episodes out of out, – let me uh, let me knock over our desk. If you knock over the coffee, because we're done. I, you know, I'm just saying. you'll riot. I will riot. <laughs> if you knock over the coffee, if the coffee dies, we riot. There's there's a t-shirt. There's a t-shirt. There's a t-shirt. <laughs> if the coffee dies, we riot. That's right. Um, okay, so so or a poster. If the coffee dies, we riot. And yeah. then our logo on the bottom. There you go. I, yeah. I think, okay, we'll All work right. on that. Then I'll add that to my list. Right. <laughs> yeah. The very, very short list we have. Right. Wait, right. wait. I used the wrong word. It's it's a short list, but there's multiple columns. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. It's like, to do here, to do here, to do here, to do here. This way it's short? It's just, why? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, out of those 125 episodes, mm-hmm. how many of them do you think are really, really, really good, and how many of them do you think are just crap i would like to think that we're hitting at least 25 percent really really good and maybe another 25 percent good and then maybe another 25 percent well that's okay yeah and then 25 percent i'm not listening to that again <laughs> i will I, honestly i, I, I yeah. would take i would take basically a roughly 50 percent above the basal you know the the accept the acceptable line right I think that we would be doing pretty well, considering. I, I mean, because that, yeah. that's a lot of, you know, it's not just 125 hours, because we do go long. You're looking at probably, I'd say realistically, we're probably looking at 200 hours in there, and 200 oh, hours, 200 hours easily. of anything. Yeah, uh, if you can get 50 percent, that's above the 
you know, the good line, um, I'd be happy with. Okay. Well, that's that's better than average. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I ran across on Facebook. The reason why I ask, I ran across on Facebook uh, a meme. Mm. It's a photograph of Ridley Scott and a quote from him. And I tracked down the quote because, you know, everything on the Internet is true. Right, right? and memes, memes are notorious for being things that someone never actually said. Yes. So this is actually a quote, Ridley Scott at the Venice Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, quote, I think movies are getting dumber, actually. Where it used to be 50-50, now it's 3% good, 97% stupid. I'm not criticizing Hollywood because I work there. But I'm saying this is the way it is. Commerce is taking over art. Now, when I saw that. that from the director of Prometheus. From the director of Prometheus, yes. But also um, Alien. Alien. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. When I saw that, uh, when I saw that quote about 97% stupid, 3% good, I thought, that sounds really familiar. Yeah. He's quoting Sturgeon's, Sturgeon's Law, Law. Yeah. which is... of everything is crap, Mm -hmm. to paraphrase. Sure. And and it got me thinking, because we have been talking, we we talked uh, on this week's uh, Sci-Fi XY, Sonia and I were talking about the the sequels that we're getting and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the question of whether or not we're dealing with diminishing returns. As far as sequels go, because Star Trek Beyond dropped sixty nine percent week to week. Sure, uh, Batman versus Superman dropped uh, uh, what eighty three percent week so, to yeah. week, and all of that. So, so are we are we getting sequeled out? Is is the, are we are we faced with sequelitis? That that's kind of the the tone the conversation we had over there. But it got me thinking. Also, you know, are we now at the point? Where Hollywood is in the mindset that all we want is the the tentpole blockbuster, mm, smash sure. em up action set, sequel, 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 franchise film, mm-hmm. rather than something like pull a title out of the out of the hat, Notting Hill, mm-hmm. or About a Boy, sure. or you know so, something that's that's by itself, standalone story that's not part of a franchise. It's not a sequel. It's not a prequel. It's not a reboot. Usual it's an, suspects. In, it's, yeah, seven, it's one yeah. movie, and it's mm-hmm. self-contained, and it's not a huge budget. It doesn't cost one hundred and fifty thousand bajillion dollars to make. Right. And so you don't have to have a billion and two plus to make it back in order to break even. Right. And all your of advertising that. budget yeah. is, inclu- is not included in your. When they talk about the budget of a movie, they're not talking about the advertising budget. That's a separate number that you right. have to make back to make profit. And the studio usually spends about the same amount of money marketing the movie as they do making the movie. So if it's yeah. a, if, if the if the movie costs one hundred and fifty million dollars to make, mm-hmm. then you're tacking on at least another hundred hundred and twenty million on top of that for marketing. Sure, because to some degree that's makes a certain amount of sense because you're marketing it worldwide. I mean, you're not just marketing it sure. through you. Um, and, but, and advertising is expensive. What? Yeah, it's true. I've heard tell rumors. I work in advertising. I know. I'm cheap. Well. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. That could be the problem. That could be my problem. Yes. So if the answer, well, the answer to your question is, and I have not got a chance to listen to 
the XY episode yet. That's because it's not out yet. Okay, good. So, um, Sci-Fi XY, 10 o'clock Saturday morning. Because I would say that um, the law of diminishing returns on sequels is a given. Yes. For one reason would be the very simple fact that, especially with your action films, your adventure films, your, you know, if you, if every, every time you have to save the world, next time you got to save the world bigger. Right. And you, so your cost goes up almost inevitably. You're, you almost never get the smaller picture, the smaller, more intimate sequel. No, you and don't. so you you so by by in terms of story, you're almost required to escalate every oh, sing, sure every sure. single picture. Well, because and then your budget goes up if you follow if you follow the 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 three act mm-hmm. rule, uh, which you know is what gave us trilogies mm-hmm. for the most part. You have right. Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Sure. Act Two is always the darker part of the story. Mm-hmm. It's you know the hero is facing unsurmountable challenges and. And everybody's dead, and everybody's Empire sick. Back. And, yeah, Wrath oh, of Khan. Uh, yes, yeah. all of those things. Where the second movie in the trilogy is usually the villains are the villains could win, right? Mm-hmm. And it's oh no, what's going to happen? The villains could win, but of course, you know, you've got your third act where everything resolves nice and happy, and and sure. the Ewoks, you know, the teddy bears beat the stormtroopers. Which is interesting how well the three new Star Trek movies fall into that category. Do they? Yeah, well, if you th- well, yeah, because the first one is the introductory episode where you introduce the new crew. The second one, they go dark because you have the the conspiracy inside Starfleet and, right. and, and the con analog. Right. And then this one, wait, con? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have a review up, by the way, on the website of the new uh, Star Trek. Star Trek Beyond, yes, Tom Townley, um, and uh, who also enjoyed the film. Yes, and it is actually. In the most optimistic and upbeat of the films, I think, in, in terms of... In the Kelvin timeline. In the Kelvin timeline. And honestly, you know, again, like I mentioned, I think I mentioned this last week, the crew, the cast, feel they clearly are inhabiting the roles in a way they're comfortable right. with the parts. And I and, read somewhere that Carl Urban almost wasn't in it because he felt that, that McCoy was being marginalized by the script and ended up they did, they did rewrites to give him more to do. It's entirely possible. Well, it's an ensemble cast, and that's yeah. always a risk. Well, that's why Denise Crosby left Next Generation. Yeah. So. And even if, even though you think of McCoy as being, we, you know, your longtime fans often will think of McCoy as being part of the, you know, the big three. Sure. Um, it's also, sometimes you don't have a line for the doctor to say. So, no, I, get, I completely get it. Um, so, yeah, no, it's... But it becomes this ever-growing escalation thing, right. and, and automatically, I think whether I don't, and it wouldn't, be, I don't, it wouldn't be as much. But whether or not, even if even if Batman versus Superman was fifty percent better, you would have still seen a drop off, because we're we're spending our money. What is it? Four movies a year? Isn't, isn't that what they're saying now? It's a, we 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 we'll go I to think, movie theaters think, yeah, four times right. a year. Yeah, that so right. think about that. That's four. Films in you're going to see in the theater, right? Everything else you see on DVD, or you'll download illegally, or legally because you can do that too sometimes. Oh, well, that's well, no, a lot of that stuff is that's its distribution model now. People well, are buying true, fewer DVDs, that, yeah, and Blu-rays. So ultraviolet files, yeah. So it becomes this. We're well, we're building to a point. I think ultimately we're going to build to a point where it's going to collapse on itself because we're seeing so much more move to television and the longer form storytelling. 
possibilities of television. So your your eight episode, your ten episode, your twelve episode model. Right, the binge watching. Yeah, because well, you could basically sit down and watch it like you could watch it the, like while you're watching a movie. The final Divergent movie mm-hmm. is going to go to TV, and they're going to use it to launch a spinoff series. There you go. But I but I think they're doing that because they're trying to salvage it. Oh yeah. I don't I don't think they're looking at that as. I, that's a punt to me. Mm-hmm. That's a you know they're calling an audible to use some some sure. sporting language there. You know because we're well rounded people. Oh, we yes, understand sporting language. We understand that, that sports happens. Yeah. Although I did hear a very interesting uh, thing on NPR today about uh, um, the American rugby, the quick rugby game. Uh-huh. games are fourteen minutes long. Really fast and brutal, and wow. it's like they're thinking. We could sell this here. And I'm like, actually, you probably could. That's what we should do. We should challenge IO9 to quick rugby, right? <laughs> Who do you think would win? Uh, I looked at some numbers the other day, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yes. Encouraging numbers. They would like be even numbers. more encouraging if our audience was bigger. But um, comparing our performance numbers with that of a particular uh-huh. site sure. that won't be mentioned because I already mentioned it. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we're we're doing okay. Good. Did you see Nick Denton filed for bankruptcy? Did he really? He did. Yes. The owner, founder, face of Gawker Media. Well, he did get hit with a pretty sizable lawsuit. Yes, he and, did. And uh, when you get that kind of judgment against you, no, a lot of times you don't actually end up paying anywhere near what the judgment amount is. Right. Uh, and, and that means even a percentage by that, of that is a lot of money. You mean the court judgment, not just the audience, the the public judgment. Oh, the public judgment. You <laughs> often pay. Judgment. It's, it's judged, often far worse. For a you long can, time. yeah, yeah, because uh, that is that often never goes away. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he he filed bankruptcy this week. Yeah. Well, and hopefully that will not get in the way because you know for all the fact that we are cl- we obviously have a certain amount of friendly competition with everybody else who's doing what we do. Right. You know the folks over at IO Nine. We we want you to guys to keep going. Um. Just not quite so much. <laughs> well, we want them to keep going because they're good to have them out there more, just more for so more for the fans. Just not quite so much. <laughs> yeah, sure. So yeah, I think I think we run into that that weird model that we've gotten into. And we've talked about this before. Is that since Hollywood is a industry, it is mm-hmm. a profit making. It is a business, right? Um, and it's and it's arguable that it's never been about the quality of the art. It's always been about putting people in seats and giving them a flickering picture. Yeah, you got to sell tickets. And if you look at the the volume of what's come out of Hollywood since the dawn of Hollywood, I would wager 90% of it is crap. I would say that's a fairly good estimate. Statistically. And, and not to say that these folks are actually, you know, again, so many very, very bad films are made by people who are trying really, really hard to make a good film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Um, I, and yeah. you know, there are certainly there are, good intentions. Yeah. Certainly, there are. You know, Sharknado films are clearly not made to be good films, but they are actually. You yeah. know, he follows us on Twitter. Well, good for him. The the guy who produces those. Well, but then he knows they're made. They're made to serve a certain type of entertainment, yeah. right? They're not made to be, you know, Pride and Prejudice with zombies. They're made to be, you know. Create you know sharks yeah, they're, flying they're sharks. Fun, they're fun B movie you yeah, know driving theater. And that's stuff. the intent. I mean, they're made yeah. to me to be that. So your your expectation of those films is different, and so you're going in with your tongues planted so firmly in your cheek that you probably have to sit there. And- I saw a sign 
uh, again on Facebook. Mm-hmm. As okay. much as I rail against Facebook, every now and then I'll see something that oh, sure, kind of, of is is funny. It's a, it was a sign that says, um, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it right off the top of my head because I don't have an eidetic memory, um, and I haven't slept that much. Mm. But it was something about um, next time you can't come up with ne- something about next time you can't come up with an idea. Just remember somebody sat in a room and said a tornado with sharks in it. There are no bad ideas anymore, I guess. Well, the I, think, point of that. I think that, and I would not necessarily say that, I would say that there might be a home for a bad idea. Just because it's, it's not a good idea doesn't mean you can't find a place to make money. Well, yeah, it's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. And, and there is a difference between a bad idea mm-hmm. and a deliberately let's have fun with this bad idea. Sure. So, yeah. But I think that when you look at, you know, okay, the, the asylum... Uh, as much as we enjoy Z Nation, uh, but that's their television show as opposed to their yeah, movies. Right. The Asylum have made a career out of making knockoffs. Okay, so these mm-hmm. are films that are deliberately, deliberately low budget pictures, um, and they come perilously close to being micro budget. Um, and you know they're getting they're getting actors who are not getting regular work. Right. Uh, and it doesn't mean actually some of the actors they've gotten have. Are not terrible actors. They're just I not. Think Dean Cain's even been. Yeah. Well, that's just it. They're not. It's not that they're bad actors. It's just they're not working right now. They're not. Yeah. They're not regularly. And that you know, actors go in and out of vogue. Um. So, oh, yeah. oh, oh. God, there's the video you <laughs> don't want to see. Is the sci-fi for me dance video? Um. Well, we still got to do. Are, are we? Are we ever going to do a musical episode? Middle-aged white guys dancing. No. No. This would be bad. No. Uh, Par- parachute in parachute bands. Oh God! No. No. <laughs> No, no, because we are well. We are not. We're not break dancing. No, because we, we wouldn't be able to get back up again. <laughs> we we we'd break. <laughs> exactly. We would break. Oh, that'd be funny. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. Sad. It would be funny to watch well, if, we, if it wasn't you know, us. It would. It would. It would afford me an opportunity to take a break. That's true. Unfortunately, the bill I after know. the yeah. fact. Um, so anyway. Um, because I think, and I think we're seeing the, the, the fallout of that renaissance in television we're getting. Mm-hmm. Because for you to make your money... Okay, so, so say you are making a film that costs you a million dollars to make. What kind of movie are you making for a million bucks? Mm-hmm. You're making a comedy or a romance or a small-scale drama, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. But those don't have as many... Those... I mean, you could do, you could do a, a genre... If you're not doing a whole lot of effects work, a Gattaca kind of movie, yeah, which would, honestly we need more science fiction films that are Gattaca style, yeah, because or Blade Runner, yeah, the, mean, well the effects budget, I mean we've talked about this before too, a really incredible effect sequence cannot hide bad writing, no. and really fantastic writing does not require a, uh, an amazing effects budget. You spend right. you spend it in the right place, but, um. You know, a million bucks, ten million dollars. You know, fifty million dollars is not a lot of money when making a movie, a, f- a feature film. Right. You know, no, it's, it it's sounds not. like a, it sounds like a lot of money to. Well, it is a lot of money to yeah, me. Yeah. But in making, but making, you know, a fifty million dollar feature is a middle of the road. You know, that's you got one big star, and for three days. For three days, yeah. yeah. Um, so. If you're doing something like Avengers or Batman versus Superman or Star Trek or Star Wars, whatever it is, you're automatically in the $200 million range and up. Mm-hmm. 
Well, what's, I wonder what the budget is for all creatures here below because Karen Gillan's on it, and that's that's Karen Gillan from Doctor Who and and Guardians of the Galaxy. She can't be cheap. Well, but she's also strictly speaking, she's more than anything, she's a TV star, and TV stars do come cheaper. Not to not 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 that has nothing to do with the level of quality of actors, right? Uh, right. But it has to do with what your agent can realistically get, and yeah. that's going to vary from, from person to person. I hope she's getting paid well. I hope everybody oh, involved with the shoot is getting paid well. Um, but you know, you're you can still if they're shooting it in Kansas City. Um, I don't know. Could be a few million dollars. Could be a ten, ten, twenty million dollar picture. Don't know. No clue. It would be interesting to find out. It would be interesting to find out um, because it does make a difference. Because you can produce a lot more and varied storytelling if your budgets are smaller. Mm-hmm. But the instant you start getting into, you know, superhero movies or science fiction films on the scale that we're talking about, or World of Warcraft fantasy or Lord of the Rings or whatever it is. Um, your budgets are such that... Well, even if you do a period piece, your budget's automatically going to go up because you're costuming. Oh, sure. But that, but then also that kind of depends. So if you're doing a period piece, if you're a British company or you're shooting over in England, they've already got the costumes. Sure. You know, they they yeah. keep that stuff forever. Um, so, you know, you're paying for a costume service or a, you know... Uh, and it's easier, it's easier in Europe because you actually have a lot of the original architecture. There are... We have a tendency to knock down the old buildings here instead yeah. of restoring them, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, I mean. So is, is do, you, do you think that percentage is right then? 97% stupid? 3% good? Are, well, are, we, are we really that far off? I don't think off? so. I don't think so. I think, I think what ends up happening is that because you only are going to the movies four times a year on average, right? So right. That, that includes the folks who go never to the folks who go every week right right so uh-huh. 52 times 52 times versus zero and then all the shades in between to get you four yeah four or five or whatever it is now um but the thing is is that if you have made a really solid drama or a smaller picture and you don't have the advertising budget you get lost or you go to a limited release and then it goes out on video or you get a studio that doesn't believe in the picture because an executive changed. Oh, sure. And then you get what happened to John Carter. Or what... they kill it on purpose. Or what the behind-the-scenes stuff that apparently is going the going on... Because the Suicide Squad suicide reviews squad. Have, been, have been unkind, yeah. to say the least. Um, I still want to see it, just because I want to see it. I want to see it. Um, and I, 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 my scale of judgment... Um, I'm not sure what it is for this, because I've got... I'm looking at two films which were... A little too dark for their own good. Right. Um, and a film that is meant to be dark, but is also meant to be fun. And that seems to be the problem, is that we ended up with the with Ayer's version, which was dark and grim, as befitting a Suicide Squad story. Because the comic book was often very dark and grim. And right. grim. I mean, it's bad guys with bombs on them. You know, go do the thing that we tell you where you die. It's yeah. default story is dark and grim. Um, but the studio wanted it, the, apparently wanted it to be more fun. And so... There's a... There's a, a never the twain shall meet except They're fighting each other. Except that they apparently twained them, <laughs> and and some of the reviewers have pointed out that it feels like two movies that get squished together. So and that is which is kind of what happened to Green Lantern. 
Yeah, it's and that's always a bad idea. Now I realize, yeah. <clears throat> dear Hollywood, <laughs> let us discuss the test audience. Oh, the test audience in theory is a lovely idea. You take your film, you show it to, yeah, a, a test audience. Yeah, and you sit there and go, hey, what do you think? The little card exactly. Circle the numbers. And in think. theory, this is not a bad idea. You're getting response from the general public. Right. However, and with all due apologies to everyone who has ever been in a test audience, most people are stupid. <laughs> <sighs> and not necessarily stupid. Uninformed. We're in the middle of a political season. I'm going to go with stupid. No, I'm just kidding. No, but, no, no. But I mean, most people. There's two things that happen with Hollywood, and and one is Hollywood is guilty of not trusting their audience right. all the time, all the time. And that's that's because that's because they're thinking from a business standpoint as opposed to an entertainment standpoint. Yeah. That's that's the the root cause of that, I think. Yeah. But also, they count too much on. They count too much on the idea. That the film has got to be this crowd pleaser across the whole general audience, right? And then, and then they have this notion that one or two or four or five, ten test audiences is entirely representative of the world, right? Well, it's like it's 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 the movie it's the movie industry equivalent of polling. Yeah. And if you ever, if again, we're in the middle of political season, so you can find polls everywhere, and yeah. you'll and within a certain band, they're going to agree with each other. But then you're going to have these like wild outliers and all these different things, and that's because you're because most polling is still handled by calling landlines, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And most of us aren't using landlines anymore. Some of us still have them. My parents still have a landline. Well, and they, that and part of that is not only not only are they are they calling just a select group of people but those select group of people are not always answering truthfully oh sure of course polls and i think that could be part of that too right when, when you go to the test audience and the test audience well you know, i don't want to say anything bad because well, somebody's going to feel bad well, if i say that, something you're... bad about the movie so i'll say something good about the movie that they love it but also if you're you know look okay dc is is an dc versus marvel here's an example right so the marvel movies have been a very very successful model Yes. Of storytelling, right? Yes, $10 billion. Successful. Now, if you take those films and you lay them on top of each other, story-wise, they're remarkably similar. You're not saying that they're a formula, Marvel movies right? have a formula. And it's a successful formula and good for them. Yeah, They have found a successful formula. DC does not have this. But DC started off, and, I'm, and, I'm, and this is going to sound like I'm, I'm defending it, but I'm not. I'm using it as an example. DC started off going, okay, we're going to root our movies in this notion of reality that feels a little more real. Right. That's going to make them darker and grimmer and a little more negative and a little more you know, cynical. And, and we're going to do this. And this is what we're going to do. Okay. And they put it out and, and Man of Steel made tons of money. Very profitable film. Yes. Uh, Batman versus Superman came out. Turned to profit. You know, yeah, was it was it as much as they wanted? Of course not, no. but it still made it still made money. Um, and then, so Suicide Squad's coming out, and 
the, apparently the biggest change that was happening with Suicide Squad is the people who cut the trailer made it look like this rollicking, crazy adventure flick. Yeah. As opposed to what sounds like Ayers made a psychological criminal drama. Like The Usual Suspects or Seven. Which or... is kind of what Ayers is known for. He's right. making, he's made for, known for, think kind of, you know. Uh-huh. So if you're going to, if you're going to hire the guy to direct that film. Let him make that film. Right. And, and I'm not, I'm not, and leaving aside what all the madness that actually sounded like set life was. Oh, man. Uh, because it sounds like as the director goes, he's hell to work for. Um, and I don't think I would ever want to be an actor on one of his sets, but I, I could write for the money. I could tell you, I could tell you a story. I could tell you a story, but I'm not going to tell you that story because I'm out of coffee and we need to take a break and, uh, let you hear from superherostuff.com. We like them. We like them. They have all kinds of cool stuff and not just superhero stuff. When we come back, we will continue our discussion of Sturgeon's Law. Scott's oh, is that is that going to be the corollary? Scott's corollary to Sturgeon's there Law. There you go. When H two O continues right after this. This is Sci Fi for Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com where heroes shop. I'm meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention this weekend, especially if you're a cosplayer, it helps to know what the weather's going to be like. Rain and fur don't mix very well, now do they? That's why every week, Sci-Fi For Me gives you the weather forecast for every city hosting a convention. Those we have on our list, anyway. And that's worldwide, not just in the United States. It's part of our commitment to bring you content you won't find anywhere else. Just click on the Conventions tab over at SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. Hi, this is Sonia Rodriguez, and I want you to join me for Season 2 of our summer podcast, Sci-Fi XY, right here on Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Technology. We loves it, right? It's our precious. <coughs> As it waits for us in a dark alley. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Back although, on H- No, go ahead. I was going to say, although I, I do think that it's entirely possible that I may be the... Uh, Savior of humanity when the great machine uprising comes. Considering, you think? well, just because how much my technology breaks around me, I, I think it might be deliberate. I think they're trying to sabotage I, me. I think they can see into the future and they know <laughs> that one day I will stand against them. And if they can just stop me now, I, uh, you know, we've been having we've been having technology problems on on some of our on some of our software that we've yeah. used to record. So I put it on the on the Facebook. You know, anybody that knows Adobe. Because um, for whatever reason, really, really, really big projects yes. 
tend to break my software. Which it shouldn't do. It shouldn't do. No. So there's there's something somewhere in the software. And I think it's because it's trying to crunch so many media files mm-hmm. because, you know, you know, five camera shots and your two hours project and whatever. So I uninstall, reinstall all the software, get all of the updates again, and put all of this stuff back in there and put it all, I think, where it's supposed to be. And every time we go to record in Adobe Premiere, it'll it'll see the camera, yeah. and it hears the microphones, and it rolls the numbers. You hit the record button, and, you know, okay, we're recording and rolling or whatever. Sure. And then when you stop... You get a little pop-up that says, what do you want to name this file? Mm-hmm. So you name the file. You hit OK. Up until that point, is working just fine. After that, you get the little spinning wheel of death. It has happened to us three times in a row now. It happened to yeah. us on this show. It yeah. happened on Live in the Bunker. It happened on um, uh, Level 117 we did this week. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's causing it. So I put yeah. it on Facebook. And I said, hey, um, hey what, here's, here's this. I run an Adobe CS4 on Windows 7. Sure. And I was like, you know, what what could possibly be my answer? Hit it. Get a new computer and go to Adobe Cloud, yeah. Creative Cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, can you run? Can you run Cloud on seven? No, I don't. I think you can. I think you can. I'm not, yeah. I, you just I think you need to upgrade the system. Yeah, you have to. System, um, need a lift? I don't know. I don't know because my computer is really old. My uh, my 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 computer is nine years old. Yeah. So <laughs> you know it's on borrowed time now. Anyway, um, now I did I, get. I laugh, but I also just buried a laptop. I did get a useful <laughs> suggestion. Did did you, uh, somebody asking if I had used the Adobe uninstall tool or the Windows uninstall tool? I you know I, maybe that makes a difference. I don't know because I just did the Windows thing like I don't, uh, like always. You know did. what? I think I read somewhere that sometimes it does. But I don't think it was in regards to Adobe. I think well, I may some, some I may program. look into that. And then I got somebody who's like, CS4 <laughs> capture. Are you watching the Beverly Hillbillies while you do it? I was like, yeah, okay. Now is it because normally when I go and shoot anything for a client, mm-hmm. I'm shooting on a DSLR. It's a digital file, and you know, the, right, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not capturing. I'm not ingesting anything over here. This is this is admittedly older technology that we're using to record our podcast here right. in the studio because it's it's equipment that I don't have to take out in the field. Right. So we can just stay here. It just lives here all sure, the time. Of course. And, and it works. Uh, and it generally speaking, it kind of works. It works off ish. It works ish, but uh, I think I think we're starting to use we're starting to use Audacity a little bit more to yeah. record. So, of course, all of this happens after we decide to go on video for H two O from now on. <laughs> oh. Speaking of which, two weeks in two weeks we are going to be out at WorldCon. Yeah, next week. Is Kansas City Comic Con? I know. I mean, it's just like boom, boom, right there on top of us. We're, oh, and, goodness, and I know. We were just having meetings in February about this, and making plans, making lists, and oh, here's what we've got to do. Uh-huh. We've got to do these things, and this, and that, and the other. And it's like, oh, it's two weeks from now. <laughs> uh huh. You know what they say: when you get older, time goes by quicker. I don't think it has anything to do with getting older. It has to do with the fact that. We're busier. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and you know, my July just... 
went away. Well, and you know that's interesting because we have. I've, I've noticed that that for all the, especially since the last few months for me, hmm. um, those of you who, who've looked at the site, you'll see that there's very few articles for me over the last several months, and that's just because it's just been this thing or that thing or this yep. thing or that thing. Yep. And it's so it's not for lack of desire. Well, and the fact that Doctor Who hasn't been on, class hasn't started yet. You haven't right. had anything yeah, to write some, about. Yeah, some of the things I've stepped back from. But, but except for these articles that I, you and I keep talking about, the thing I want to write about, right? Yeah, right. You know, I've got a podcast article, a general podcast article I'm, I want, uh, I'm working on. I've got uh, a, po- a specific podcast article I'm working on. Um, I've got other things, too. There's other stuff I'm like... I want to talk about this, and I want to talk about this, or the essential stuff. I mean, there's... Yeah, yeah, we haven't done any of that yet. Um, I've, got an, I've got an essentials for uh, um, the Laundry series by Charles Strauss. I want to do an essentials series for the for the uh, Thomas Covenant books. I want to do, you know, there's all this stuff. And in October, mm-hmm. you know, Sci-Fi does 31 Days of Halloween, Yeah, you know, that, that kind of thing. We're going to do 31 Days of Politics. We're going to do... <laughs> Leading up to the – because the election's in November. Uh-huh. So what we're going to do for uh, for October, every day in October – Do I need an adult for We're going to do – yeah, <laughs> well, you know, we're going to do um, – we're going to do profiles of genre politicians. Oh, I like President that. Scroob. You know, that that group. You know, Cthulhu. Uh, well, uh, Leto II for God Emperor of Dune. All, any of them, yeah. All, uh, yeah. So, so one, one, <laughs> one per day. We'll have, uh, we'll have our like our entry into political coverage. I think so, man. Because the world needs to know. Well, I think honestly, considering how people feel about the candidates this year, uh, it's good to know your alternatives, even if they're fictional, <laughs> <clears throat> because the alternatives aren't aren't exciting a lot of people either. So, it's well, okay. There are the if you've 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 seen the I like this idea I like this idea a lot because you know you've got those great where have you been I had this idea like two months ago <laughs> I've been busy and I've posted it on, I've been on the, busy on the group and I was like I hey know, here's well, the idea what we're going to do for how much October. of my day actually gets to spend spend online anymore so you're going to do Lido to Lido oh, the second oh, yeah I'll do Lido right, the second we'll do definitely uh, well right. that, I'll have to do him and Baron Harkonnen okay um, yeah that works that'd be uh, that'd be fantastic yep do um, those and then uh, I think Kelly is taking. <sighs> Uh, Zephyr Beeble Brooks. Oh, sure. I think she's sure. she's hey, that that's the that's the one. Um, Sam might be doing Cthulhu. I'm not sure. Sam Sandman. So yeah, we're gonna par- parcel that out one one politician per day in October. I like it. If everything goes right. If everything. If the star. If the stars are right. Yeah. So what, it was just, you know, good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Yeah. Well. Um, and the and, and the and the the horror version of that if this if the stars are aligned. So, yeah, ninety percent of everything is crap. Sturgeon's law. Okay, Scott's corollary: three percent good, ninety-seven percent stupid. There's a thing that happens, right? Uh-huh. So, and that part of that is the world got smaller. Yeah. So we're not just telling stories for the American market. We're telling stories for the international market. 
and and a lot of times you're telling stories for the international market more than you're telling for the American market anymore. Well, yeah, because quite frankly, um, once you factor in the number of eyes in the Amer- in the international market, uh-huh. it makes the American market look kind of small. Well, and you know it, that's even affected opening dates. Oh yeah, used to be if it was an American Hollywood picture, it opened in America first. Sure, America. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting also is that we know distributors. We've you know we we know people who that's that's been their job, right? And a lot of them have gotten out of the distribution business. Um. Uh, our friend Hamad, who used to be a distributor out in L.A., and he, his distri- distribution business got, he, he tightened it up and tightened it up until finally he got out of the distribution business entirely. Mm. He's doing it, he's producing now. Um, but it used to be you had a German market and you had a British market and you had a French market and now it's like these, these large areas and, and then of course there's the Chinese market. Oh, yeah. Um, which is huge. Which is huge. And again, we come back to the fact that Hollywood is a business. And what? It's sad. You but mean it's driven by money? Yes. Yes, that is exactly what I mean. And there's there's a possibility that people could be greedy. Well, yes. Uh, by <laughs> the deuce, you say. I I am so disillusioned. Are you shocked? I am shocked. Yeah. I am. See, now you're going to knock on the table. The Don't spill the coffee. We'll riot. Um, that is going. That's, uh, yeah, that's going to be a that. T-shirt. Uh, so, thwack. It's going to hit things. We're, this is this is a, sum, a symptom of the tired. This is the action set. Oh God! Right? <laughs> oh no! What a terrible thought that is. Um, so the when you when that is your when that is how you're doing your business model, and I'm not knocking that business model from a business standpoint. It makes sense. I mean, there sure. there's there's a reason they're doing it this way is because this is the way they're making money. Yeah. Right. The side effect is that you're driving the stories like uh, Game of Thrones or Penny Dreadful or Daredevil or Luke Cage or any of these. You're driving them to the TV market where you can do that stuff for much lower cost. And you don't have to worry about your audience being so big. So your return, your investment is much, much lower. Yeah, so your return on investment is higher. Right. So as much as, you know, we got news that there's going to be a third Blair Witch movie, right? Yes. So And it's called Blair Witch. Yeah. So, and... And it's on our, our there's an article on, on sci-fi4me.com right now, SDCC 2016, The Horror Report. Yes. It's the only article that I've been at, well, no, Marvel. I've got Horror Report, I've got Marvel Report. Out of out of all of the different San Diego Comic Con articles that I've got, I'm I'm farming some of them out. Yeah, yeah. Because you just have to, because there's just way too much news to disseminate, to distill, but but unpack. Blair Witch is kind of the is is one of the gold standards for. They didn't spend a lot of money making the film. It was an independent film. Mm -hmm. The studio bought it, cleaned up the print, released it. It hit at just the right time with an amazing ad campaign. Yeah. The ad campaign, which basically, if they're not teaching it in advertising school right now, the entire system is broken. Because it is a brilliant campaign for a not good movie. But it put... It's not It's not a good movie. It's just not. Okay? His second film, the director's second film, yeah. uh, Altered, is a science yeah, fiction said, horror film. You said that was much it, better it's a, Yeah, it's story, production, blah, blah, blah. The whole thing, it's a much As better opposed film. As opposed to Josh Trank, who did a fairly really good movie with Chronicle. Yeah. And they got Fantastic Four completely wrong. Yeah. 
botched it. Well, and that's another example of, of director and studio having apparently not talking at all until it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's that you know that that could very well be part of the bigger problem is that the studio, if you're going to hire somebody on the basis of their previous work, they have made a name for themselves doing X, yeah, and then you hire them and ask them to do Y. And they sit there and they give you X because that's what they do. And you act surprised because you didn't get Y. I mean, that's... And we, yeah. it's, it, you know, these are not the first directors that we, this has run into the problem with. Well, and I could see I could see where that would factor into the whole, you know, whatever percentage yeah. is, is bad, bad content. We, I mean, you can't even call them movies anymore. It's content. Whether it's whether it's online content, you know, web series or mm-hmm. TV series sure. or on demand or network or cable. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can consume the stories now. Mm-hmm. Does that? How much of an impact do you think that has? The the fact that now we've got because we, we at one point we had talked about that TED talk, mm-hmm. uh, and I can't remember the guy's name talking about the fact that we have too many choices now. Right. Yeah. You instantly have buyer's remorse no matter what it is that you choose. Sure. Either that or there are just so many different things to choose from, you end up being paralyzed and you choose nothing. Right, because I have – Which is I, what I'm running into with all of the different projects that I have to finish. I'm yeah, sitting there going, what do, I, what do I do? Where do I start? Well, yeah. I mean – but the thing is is that you almost don't anymore because the majority of films that even register anymore are the big tentpole pictures. So there's there's other films in the theaters. We have we have a couple independent houses here in town that are playing pictures that are getting great reviews, but they're playing to tiny tiny audiences. And they will. And yeah, and yeah. but but they're but they're sitting they're playing in theaters for weeks where their people are going to see those movies. They're just not going to see them in the numbers that you're getting. But it's cumulative though. I mean, you, you eventually you're going to get Oh sure, not, maybe not maybe not significant numbers, but you're going to get a, a decent return on that. Right, but you're also getting you're also getting really good reviews because they're they're character pieces or they're mm-hmm. dramas or they're things like that where they're actually the focus is on story. Yeah, and I think we unfortunately come back to the story versus spectacle argument, which yeah. You know, and again, this is not new. By the way, this is not a this is not a recent phenomenon. You go back to the history of Hollywood. There are many, many, many bad movies that rolled out of Hollywood. Um, we forget a significant chunk of the Hollywood output because it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when you look at the classic films, okay, so so if you go and get the, like the the hundred the hundred best films, or you just break it down by decade, right? Uh-huh. The best films of that decade, you might have what ten, fifteen films that's going to make a best of maybe decade. That, maybe that, yeah. And when you consider how many other films are not remotely near that list. Well, that also actually came too, out. Also consider too that you know when when studios now are making anywhere from five to eight movies in a given time period, like maybe a year or mm-hmm. two, as opposed to back in the thirties and forties when they were making fifteen, twenty pictures a year. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, each studio. Yeah, each studio. And back then there were more studios. You had mm-hmm. MGM, you had United Artists, and you had Paramount, and you had Warner Brothers, you had all of these different you know, 20th mm-hmm. Century Fox. And all of them were making right. 15 to 20, 25 pictures a mm-hmm. year. And if you've got, like you said, you know, figure 10 per decade, 
that are the really golden nuggets. You're looking at hundreds of films that are basically going, this is awful. Yeah, 90% is crap. But it put people in the theaters. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, the viewing model was different there, too. Remember when TV was going to kill the movies? Oh, yes. Okay, this was, what, the 50s? The the 50s? This this was a big concern? Yeah. We're kind of seeing that now. And I don't think it's, I mean, it's not really TV, though. It's at home. Uh-huh, right. Um, yep. No, you know, I can it's, see that. It's the, it's the personal view versus the movie theater view. So you're watching it on your tablet or your phone. Got, stop watching movies on your phone. It's too small. Um, just stop it. It's not good for your eyes. And stop shooting video, video vertical. Oh, God. It doesn't yeah. go like this. No. If you're shooting video, you turn your phone sideways <laughs> and shoot it like that. So it looks like what you'd see in the movie theater. You shoot it. You shoot it proper, proper orientation, right? Welcome to the personal bitch portion of our program. <laughs> have I have I have I told you about my lawn? That's not a lawn one so much as a a. It okay as an editor. <laughs> cutting this is terrible. Yeah. This is easier. Be nice to your editor. They know where you live. Now, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, you have not seen anything that we've just done. Take your cell phone. Hold it vertically. Go to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> watch our show. Yeah, anyway, listen to our show as well. Uh, that's a vertical. Oh, you know versus... what you could do? You know what you could do? You go to YouTube. Yeah. Right? And go to podcast.com. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Click on play at the same, same time. time. Yeah. And you can watch us on YouTube and listen to us on podcast.com. And inevitably, they'll be like a quarter of a second off and it'll yeah. this weird echoey oh, yeah, blurb uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's don't, right. Don't do that. iTunes. We're also on iTunes. We're also on now Google Talk. Yes. No, Google Play Music Ooh. is the new. We're also on, oh, okay. we're now on Google Play. Sure. Ten podcasts. I When I, when I looked at that the mm-hmm. other day and realized how many podcasts we've got, and I'm sitting here thinking... All of the people that are involved in this site are volunteers, yeah, and don't get paid, yeah. And we just picked That's up true. we just picked up a correspondent in Auckland, New Zealand. Yeah, I like that. So That's it's very like exciting. now we're global again, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, but yeah, all volunteers. We put out all of this content. We had ten podcasts. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was I was seeing I, I was talking to somebody over the weekend, and, and she was like, "Well, your podcast on Google Play?" It's like, "Wait, you can put podcasts on Google Play? <laughs> I did not know this." So I, you know, let's go to Google Play and find out sure. how. And it took me forever to find how to get them there. Mm, really? Because if you go to Google Play, there's nothing. You know, you look in your you look in the uh, uh, the directory and you do all your search and whatnot for podcasts. Right, yeah. There is no, the, the podcasts aren't there. Oh, I'm not sure how you find it. it it's just somewhere in Google Play Music, I guess, mm, or somewhere okay. in there is is podcast. I was like, this is not very user friendly. I mean, but because it's oriented toward music. So you're saying basically, go find us on Google Play, but you're not going to be able to tell us how. Well, you can go to Google Play Music. And you can search sci-fi for me, and they should show up. Okay. Because now they're in they're, – they've been in long enough. We should confirm that. I did. Okay. I did. I got an email confirming. Just saying. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, we're on Google Play Music now, iTunes, okay. iTunes, uh, you know, rate and share. So we know oh, yeah, that you're please, listening. Please. Um, and uh, funnily enough, and I don't know why this is, we have been getting traffic on the Facebook page for Comic Con Carney. Yeah, we really. We yeah. have, which is the comic book news program that has been in abeyance for about a year now. Yeah. A year and a half. Um, I would love to bring it back Ooh. when I got time. Right. Right. Um, we need a we need a host, but um, and writers um, and, and time produ- and producers and time. Yeah, uh, we got the content. Oh, we got the content. We just don't have the people to do it. Um, but yeah, I, we've been getting we've been getting new likes mm-hmm. on that page. Oh, that's good for Comic Con Carney. I was like, well, there hasn't been anything on there for. I mean, there's there's stuff there, right? Yeah, but it's old. I haven't updated it in forever. Well, I guess like I, guess I should. I guess I should uh, should look at updating that. Ninety percent of crap, and that will always be the case, except here. Because all of our stuff is gold, spit shined. We maybe will. some of maybe a little silver, maybe a little chips, some water if you got it. A little tarnish, a little tarnish every now and again. A little but, rust. Well, and the good news is is that we are seeing this renaissance in television. We are mm-hmm. seeing that we are seeing a a model that again the British were doing for a long time. Right, and a lot of that was budgetary. I mean, they just they had less money to spend on their on their productions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, even even today, the BBC is still funded by a tax. You you're paying the 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 residents of Great Britain are paying for their television, right? In a way that that money is production money. So it's always been smaller than what we've had to play with here. So, but the the storytelling model, I think that that's that is the real luck that we have in this time. You and I have got to live through the the 1970s and 80s with the surge of movies, the really creative stuff that came out of those decades. Right, yeah. And now we get to live during the period where television is having this renaissance after, I'd say, probably a couple decades of dreck. Sure. Well, we're also living through the time when the Internet has made us all stupid. So, you know, there's 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 pros and cons here. Well, no, the, I, the, inter- the Internet has actually given... Given given opportunities for the stupid to be a little bit more visible. Well, yeah, and it, it's it's where the angry people go, and we know, well at least we know where they are now. We need to get them all to log on at the just same lock, time. Just lock them in a room, and then just, just lock them in a room. Quarantine them, um, and the rest of us will go on to have lock them in a room. Lives. If you are one of those angry people on uh, on the social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google Plus, Tumblr, YouTube, Twitch. We will be live at Worldcon, the 74th annual World Science Fiction Convention, yes. which is going to be here in Kansas City, home of the Hugo Awards. Yes. And the, uh, I think, the Chesley Awards and the Campbell Award for Best New Novel, or Best Novel, and the Sturgeon Award for Best Short Story yeah. from the Campbell Conference, which mm-hmm. is normally in June. They're going to be doing the academic track on, uh, on at the at the Worldcon, so we got those awards. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that's going on. Uh, Star Wars Day. Charlie right. Lippincott's yeah. going to be there. Gary Kurtz is going to be there. It'll be very cool. So excited. Um, still right don't have right still, still don't have any any confirmation on Mark Hamill, but mm. we w- we want we want people to 
tune in. I have no idea how long we're going to go every day. We may right. do it in blocks just to make it easier for the recording and the download and the upload and the whatnot for mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, because I don't know that they can handle a 12-hour video. Probably not. Yeah, it's it, we may do it in chunks. But, yeah, we're going to be live at Worldcon next weekend, Kansas City Comic Con. Uh, over this weekend... We will have new episodes of Level 117, Sci-Fi XY, Rogues Gallery. Uh, those last you know, Level 117 and Rogues Gallery are Marvel and DC, and we'll be talking about the, all the San Diego Comic Con news. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a Zompocalypse now coming right. up. Hopefully, if, if fingers crossed, folks, it'll go out Friday. Fingers crossed. It'll be Friday night, but it'll go out. Fingers crossed. Cross the fingers. How many more episodes of Preacher? Is this the uh, last episode? This is, this is yeah. We're we're talking the finale okay. of this season. Um, and then we are coming back. Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead. And then we have the regular Walking Dead coming back. Ah. Uh-huh. And I'm hope. Oh, and we also we're also going to continue to cover uh, uh, Dead, of Dead, of Dead of Summer, which we have a. So this week you're actually going to get a Zompocalypse now and a Dead of Summer uh, review. Two for two, the prideful, two Zompocalypse one, one uh, now episodes. Oh, two episodes. Two. We're, we're, we're putting them in two yeah, pieces. Okay. All right. All so right. they're actually separate episodes. So, so if you're not a if you're not a preacher fan and you're sure. loving uh, uh, Dead of Summer, uh, although See, we do we do have to say this, this is what happens when I let the staff take initiative. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yes. All right. <laughs> I, I do. We, I do have to warn the audiences though. We they're all growing up. We discovered a horrible thing. Huh? We think the Dead of Summer writing team yeah. is taking it seriously. Oh no! Oh God! Yes, this is oh, a bad no. idea. <laughs> no, anyway, well, uh, it's it's an entertaining show, and we'll, we'll, we've got podcasts about it. So. Tune in next time yes. when we discuss. All right, so so yeah, so all of that's coming up, um, and that's going to do it for us yeah. this week. Uh, One twenty-five in the can. Next week, Kansas City Comic Con. Week after that, Worldcon. After that, who knows? The sky's the limit, right? Yeah, sure. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. We appreciate it. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 